name's Jed Shepard and this week on X-Rated, the X-Files podcast, I'm joined by Jennifer Wallace. Hello. Hi Jenny, are you right? Yes, thank you. Good. And um, I've asked Jenny to co-host with me uh, this week, mostly because she's never seen X-Files and I've always thought it'd be interesting to kind of get someone's perspective who doesn't know much or anything at all about the X-Files. So, um, so you've never watched an episode of the X-Files before I forced you to recently? I have never watched a complete episode of the X-Files. I was too young when it came out. Yeah. And I wasn't, I remember my parents not allowing me to watch it because it would have been too scary. But, um, but you, I mean, you must have been growing up, you must have been aware X-Files was a thing and other people were kind of into it. Yeah, but I can't, and I can't think why I didn't watch it because I was quite into Buffy and Yeah, you're kind uh, of like a, Roswell not a weird like girl. That. You were into Roswell, yeah. which is like fake X-Files. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it never, like no one ever bought me the box set and this was a land, a time before streaming. Yeah, that's true. But when, can, when you kind of got Netflix and, and stuff, you must have seen X-Files on there. Yeah, I've never ever felt the need to watch it okay and not that this is any spoilers but now you have watched a couple of a few episodes well all of the, all of the new series so far um do you will you do you think you'll you'll find yourself watching the rest of the x-files going back and watching like series one series two no comment. <laughs> okay um, i don't think i will actually but, okay, we'll see. I, but i do want to watch the remainder of this series yeah okay okay well we'll come on to that so um this is the second episode of this podcast and uh coincidentally we are going to be looking at the second episode of the new series of x-files as well which is called founders mutation and um cards on the table it was all right <laughs> i um i i preferred the first episodes to this one um what did you think jen well i i did not like the first episode i had quite a yeah. strong visceral reaction where i thought i'm gonna have to tell jed that i can't do this podcast because <laughs> you hate I don't it don't want to watch the next two it's funny because i really love the first episode um I, again, you didn't listen to the first episode of the, of the podcast either but i i kind of was just like this is perfect this is back to form um but it's, it's interesting that you you think the complete opposite yeah, but with fresh eyes i mean yeah maybe i felt the f- the first episode like obviously it had to catch up people that had never seen it before but i felt so many things were crowbarred in that it was just too like oh it's like slow and okay oh well yeah. wait when you come when when we come to that bit let me know what you think is crowbarred in or didn't didn't quite work uh okay, yeah. oh with the second oh, you mean through the, the first episode the first oh okay uh, with the second mm, one yeah because i thought well i've made jed a promise I'll <laughs> yeah continue it and then i actually was like okay now i'm feeling a bit yeah, more comfortable you get to know the characters a bit more yeah maybe it's because it's the way it focuses on a single story instead of trying to make a great arc yeah over the last however many series i mean there were, there were nine yeah yeah i mean the first episode was kind of a thing like hey guys remember us we did this and this and this and this and uh, now we're doing the exact same thing again um so um it felt it, like a fan service right yeah but it was also an introduction to people who might not have seen it before because obviously people with maybe too young like yourself and then now you're at an age where you can possibly appreciate a science fiction stroke horror tv show um limited run so um they kind of, they, I think they catch you up. He, he kind of explains what he does, what his job is and the problems he's had and how... Uh, yeah, they also refer to each other by name in every single sentence. Yeah, they do, yeah. Mulder, Scully, Mulder. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, I've, I've got the names. <laughs> Let's move on. Maybe it's because it's one of those shows where you can kind of like drift off and start wondering about other things. Um, yes, but as we discovered today... <laughs> Then you miss plot. Yeah, then you miss like it's, I mean, <laughs> X Files like is one of those shows where you 
you can because obviously we what I mean we watched it um separately but then we watched it together just now as well and I was like Jen what happened there I don't understand yeah. what happened in that bit I had to watch it twice now okay. to, to get everything because yeah. I do admit my mind wandered yeah I, d- I don't think I'm not sure that's a good thing but mm-hmm. I think it's because they're dealing with like really kind of high concepts and unusual things so you you do find you you're thinking about how this fits in with this and um, yeah, it's unusual. But also, like this episode doesn't really follow straight on from the previous episode because we don't see what happens to the the kind of um, the abductee. Uh, I know we we know that she kind of possibly escapes from the car when when the, when, the, yeah. when the car explodes, or we we don't really know. We don't know anything about Joel McHale. Does he come back? Yeah, I know he comes back later on in the series. Apparently, as but. Jeff from Community, <laughs> as a right wing. Yeah. yeah, I really really like Joel McHale, but He's I great. think he might only be able to play Joel McHale from the suit. Oh, you, di- you didn't you didn't like him in the first episode? No, I, I liked him. But yeah, I yeah, was yeah. distracted that it was Joel McHale. And yeah. when we get onto the third episode, we can also yeah. argue about Reese Darby and whether. Oh, we've got you a lot like to it say. It's Reese Darby or whether because he's playing a character. So yeah, interesting. I've got a lot to say about Reese Darby. Me, both me and Jen. So we'll come on to that when we do the next episode, uh, which you'll hear next week. Um, and yes, yeah, so let's just dive into the episode and see exactly what Jen thought was wrong uh, with it. <laughs> so it kind of starts off with this um, generic scientist. He, he kind of he looks like a scientist. They obviously got an Asian guy because immediately you know he's a scientist. Um, and he's hearing voices and these voices. And this kind of high-pitched sound, these voices are kind of whispering things to him all the time uh, to find her and things like that. Um, and it, it goes into a meeting and um, everything kind of it kind of focuses on this weird sound that's driving him insane. And um, all of the people are kind of, their words are just becoming mumbles because he's so disorientated by this thing. Uh, and then he runs into um, this secure computer room basically and locks himself in and uh hears the voice and the high pitch sound and stabs himself slowly through the head with like a small sliver of a knife canal. yeah mm. um with a letter opener with a letter opener which is interesting because you're in a, a sealed computer room where you think there'd be no letters whatsoever maybe not have a need for one no it's all everything's electronic and this that's the server room basically isn't it maybe they were talking about stationary kits from the early 90s when the x-files first came out yeah i feel like people don't have letter openers especially in i think my parents have a letter oh really okay i just use my 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 little finger which is like nature's letter opener (laughs) that's a weird thing to say (laughs) i think um and yeah so he stabbed himself in the head it's quite quite gruesome and uh, jenny was saying this uh, this episode's gory and i and i kind of didn't really understand jed's so desensitized to horror he was (laughs) like i don't remember and then we literally watch a woman give herself a cesarean yeah he remembered yeah that's coming up a bit later but uh, yeah this this i mean he gave his, his his kind of his own head a cesarean and uh to stop the noises i mean this is a common common trope in like yeah. in movies where someone's hearing voices like in driller killer i don't know if you've ever seen that i have not i know about it though driller killer is great it's actually um in public domain as well so you can just like download it and you can you can actually download it for free which is rare for a film um and yeah he uses a drill to like release the pressure in his head from the voices and um as in real surgery yeah, well, yeah, he, he goes real life. Well, he goes mental. There's, there's, a, there's like a rock band, punk band next door that's driving him insane, and he's trying to be an artist. So he goes around like killing people with a drill, and then drills his own head. Familiar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, obviously this is a, a kind of a strange thing. But before he dies, he scribbles something on his hand, uh, 
which kind of makes it an X-Fire because it means he's passing on a, on a message. And it's a bit weird, so they call in Mulder and Scully. Wait, hold on. What? What's an X-File? <laughs> okay. Oh, well, you don't know what an X-File is? Okay, you might have to oh, Okay, right, okay. Oh, this is interesting. Okay. So, <laughs> what's an X-File? Okay, so... Um, so they work for the FBI, right? Yeah, got that. And there's various different departments. And the kind of department that no one wants to deal with is when something comes up where it's unexplained. And all those, all those weird unexplained uh, cases that come up get shoved in the basement yeah. um, just so they don't have to really deal with it. But yeah. one but one guy, um, who they call in the original series Spooky Mulder, because he's the weirdo, mm. um, he has a fascination with all things supernatural and alien because of what happened to his sister. Um, she was apparently abducted uh, when they were kids. And uh, so ever since he's been trying to find why that happened. And and uh, yeah, so he's got um, not only is he out to f- kind of find what happened to her, uh, but through that it's, it's made him interested in all things supernatural and extraterrestrial. Okay, but what's an X-File? Okay, so the X-File is just the name of uh, the f- the extraterrestrial files, the supernatural right. files. So each file is an X-File. Is, is every case. Ca- every case is an X-File, yeah. Okay, because I don't know what else to call it. Yeah, but it's also f- the physical files, which are inside uh, the basement room, are the X-Files because yeah. they're filed away. Yeah. Um, and I guess X is just the generic thing you have in all sci-fi things where it's something mysterious or... Something like that. Um, so yeah. So um, and also before he was Spooky Mulder, he was like the best FBI agent there ever was. So people think he's really, really stepped down from from his previous um, um, heights. So they hint at that when they call him a formal former serial profiler and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Basically, he he's amazing at what he does, and he applies all of these things into the X-Files but because if t- over the last couple of decades it's really taken a toll on him where he doesn't really know what's real or not mm-hmm. um, and he really um, especially in the last episode in the first episode he really questions his beliefs um, which is really strange and I'll speak about it later on in this episode because they've seen so much alien stuff so many monsters like unbelievable amount of monsters and aliens and months like, oh, maybe, maybe they're not true, just because of like, okay, well, Joel McHale. This that threw me a bit because yeah. in the third episode where there's yeah, well, we won't come on to the third episode, know, but something anyway, happens, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, wait, what? Because I thought the first episode set that up as anyway. So yeah, yeah. we can get down to that. Yeah, there's there's a, there's a lot of things uh, where they play with the with the dyma- dynamics of Mulder and Scully as well, because all throughout the previous series she was kind of the skeptic, even though lots of alien stuff happened to her, but she was always maybe just too late to see the alien disappear disappearing around the corner, and he was just like, Scully, did he see it? And she's like, No, no, I've just got here. Um, so that's kind of reverse this time where he is a little bit like, oh, maybe it's uh, maybe it's, it's an explanation for it. And she's no, well, this is a bit weird. Um, because at the end of the first episode, we realise that she possibly has alien DNA. Yes. Yeah. So it kind of carries on into into this one. Um, so what, what the scientist scribbled on his hand is the words founder's mutation, which is, which is yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the only way he could... Um, get that message across besides he had a computer there and he could have used the pen but um it's weird how like he had his hand closed and no one could open up his hand or no one thought to open up his hand well rigor mortis i mean 
He just we take died. It forensic. Yeah, but does rigor mortis set in like literally five minutes after no, he's died? No, no, it's a few hours. Yeah. And they obviously saw him writing something on his hand as well. They did. Yeah, they used this concept in an episode of um, uh, Quantum Leap, where this girl, little girl, died. Um, and this other little girl grew up and she never spoke and she always had her hand clasped. And at the end of the episode, she opened up her hand and it was the necklace of the girl who died. So she accidentally pushed the girl into a well. Spoilers for Quantum Leap from 20 years ago, by the way. So, um, yeah, um, they, uh, Melder and Scully turn up to investigate, but they're kind of like shooed away as they always are by like the police and other FBI agents and stuff and because they're kind of getting in the way what I don't understand about X-Files the general concept of X-Files is if the government is doing all of these crazy stuff why are they paying two of the best FBI agents to kind of spy on them and to, and to investigate them it's a very good question yeah and, it, and I mean why don't they just kill them if, if to get them out of the way because, but no, they're they're paying them good wages to bring them down. It's it's kind of strange. Well, I haven't seen there. Yeah, yeah, you haven't seen the previous ones, but I mean, yeah. throughout the, the previous seasons, the government's always trying to close them down. They, they get closed down a million times, but they just keep popping up and they keep paying them the wages to do their to do their job. It's so it's like a double bluff. Like we can't we can't possibly be hiding something if we're hiring people yeah. to investigate us. Yeah, that's what 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 kind of they should say to themselves like, why are we being paid why are we why are we getting our wage slips if um if the government are in on this so it must be something extraterrestrial but maybe you're right maybe it's a double bluff who knows um so yeah so um they uh take the, the body away but uh, first of all Mulder goes through um uh, sanjay's phone and using his thumbprint to open the screen awesome yeah yeah yep. And uh, when he goes through it, he sees that like, he always speaks to a guy called Gupta. Um, so Malda, uh goes on a mission to try and find Gupta and goes to meet him in this um, into the, in this bar. The bar looks fine. The bar looks all right. Um, and uh, Malda's like, you can tell me if you know anything. Um, you're safe. And so the guy goes, okay, come with me. And he gets taken to a back room. And then he tries to give Malda a blowjob, which is... Um, I guess Kamala didn't really explain himself very well. So it was maybe. a surprise. Yeah, but I really like the actor who played the blowjob guy, Gupta. Um, because he, he, he seemed really convincing that he was, he was really, he was really um, angry at Mulder's um, prick teasing him, basically. The, the line about like, being true to yourself was pretty funny. Yeah. Repressed gay men. Yeah, exactly. Chickening out at the last minute. And it was unexpected. But I do feel then the story took a dark turn as he tells them his lover is dead. Love is dead. But before that, he says, he taps on him and says, the truth is in there. Yeah. And you know, the truth is out there. It's, yeah. like, it's a common that, meme. Again, that was even I, for someone who's never watched yeah. it, was like, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, so like, trust no one, the truth is out there. The co con common X-Files tropes. Um, so I thought that was quite nice. I mean, um, in the, I guess that in this new uh, mini series of X-Files, they are. They do drop a lot of hints to the past and lots of um, nods. Um, so yeah, you're right. So he tells him that his lover is dead, and um, it's not very nice. Do you, do it's a very quick turnaround of the scene. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, I think like comedy. Well, do you think like? Tragedy. I mean, Mulder. It's because Mulder was he was on the back foot. He didn't know what to do. What do you do when you, that kind of happens? The guy but, was about to leave. Yeah, yeah. but also never go into a broom closet with a, with a stranger that in in a, in a in a weird bar. Not even to discuss like state secret. Yeah. No. I don't know. You, no one was really. Pay I guess there was two guys at the bar that were like looking at them, a little bit. Yeah, but now I'm wondering if they were like cruisers. If that was the joke. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably it. But is, was that a gay bar specifically, or I don't know. It had, like, had a good, good like kitchen setup as well. So it was like okay. it like a saloon kind of. Yeah. We're in DC, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Some kind of yeah. Some kind of local bar that the government agents go to. <laughs> yeah. Possibly. Yeah, I guess so. So a gay bar. Um, but yeah, I, I I really like the guy that played Gupta, and I hope to see him in, in more stuff. I'd love to see him in more episodes of the X Files, just accidentally propositioning people. I don't, yeah, that would be great. Would <laughs> that would be great. But did, did did we find out if he did really have a physical relationship with Sanjay, or was it just Sanjay was speaking to him to kind of like get things off his chest? I think he said they hadn't been physical for a while. For a while, right? Because so there was something going on. Um, so yeah, so um, they uh, decide to actually. No, then it cuts to Scully doing an autopsy on um, Sanjay and finding that his fingers are clasped. And when she breaks these fingers, she sees the words "Founders Mutation" on it, which was the name of the episode, which was a coincidence. Um, and uh, yeah, so they they kind of figure out they need to know more about this thing, and they go off to Sanjay's flat. Uh, which they kind of should have other done from flat, the start. Sanjay's other flat. What do you mean? Was it? Well, because they talk about how we looked at his house. There was. Did nothing. they say that? Yeah, yeah. So they go. Oh. Oh, we went to his house. Um, it was like antiseptic, and it's Guth. Sorry, what's his name? Guth- Gupta. Gupta. Yeah. He's yeah. like, ah, oh, he leads two lives. And oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah. Okay, right. So, so I guess the police have already done a sweep of where he lives and yeah, found yeah, nothing, yeah. and then they have to go to his other house. So maybe that the the, the antiseptic house was his like cruising house. Where he takes yeah. gay lovers. Yeah, wow. Anyway, it's, it's, a weird, it's a weird thing to put into a story. If, yeah. I, if, I, if I have understood that correctly, maybe I haven't. I, it seemed very unnecessary like thing to say in the plot. Why doesn't it just take them to, to his just, normal flat? Yeah. Oh, like, because because in, in his flat, there are pictures of deformed kids on the walls. Oh, that's why. That's yeah, why yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Now we know. Uh, is, is there anything wrong? I've got like a deformed children all over my walls as well. So wow. is there anything wrong with that? I don't know. It depends who you bring in home. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I'd like to think that whoever I bring home would understand. Um, yeah, so they go to his flat um, and uh, they discover these mutated kids' pictures on the walls. A bit like a, from a, in a serial killer's house uh, when you see pictures of of their object of desire but this time it's um kids who are all various forms of mutations looking very sad indeed yeah and he said in his meeting my children are dying right or at some point yeah he does yeah he does say my children are dying. are dying yeah yeah again that's are they that's not addressed in the well they don't look well when we see them a bit later <laughs> to be quite well, honest and we don't know exactly what's happening to them yeah. as well because they could be bad things could be happening well bad things are happening to them um so uh yeah so they go to uh the flat and they hear um the police are coming and so before they actually turn up Mulder hears that high-pitched sound the same sound that Sanjay heard initially and he bends him over double um and he sees Scully talking to a police officer and but not saying the words that they're actually saying saying words that have been forced into his head which are like find her help Mm. me and stuff like that um, but you've missed the part where okay. the advert for f- for the Ford rear um, <laughs> TV thing on your fancy car is is the bo- is the boy. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I only saw that the second time round. They almost run someone down, right? Yeah. They, um, before they get to his flat, they're in a car and they stop uh, suddenly and they see someone running past who looks into the car and and you just and think, we have to see that on the Ford like camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a lot, a lot of that going on. A lot yeah. of um. Um, advertising um yeah but so um and i th- I don't know if you saw that 
kid in the first couple of scenes. I think you did, didn't you? They um. In the, in the, there's a moment. Is it in the hospital where he's the janitor? He's also in one of the. Yeah, but I think he's. I think you might briefly see him as they're leaving the crime scene the first time around, where, where yes. they're talking about. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah where they're talking it. about the phone and and yeah. Gupta. Um, yeah, so um, the police turn up and kind of like take everything, and they end up in Skinner's office. And you don't know who Skinner is, right? I do not. No. So Skinner is their their longtime boss, basically, who assigns them their missions, but. They've never quite known whether to trust him or not. They don't know whose side is he on. Is he on their side or is he on the government side? And he walks a really thin line. And he, yeah, you just really don't know who to trust him. You kind of know he's on. He wants good things to happen to them, but that every now and again he does something to make you think, "Hang on, this this guy isn't good. This guy's leading them down a down a dark alley." So in Skinner's office, and he's he's like. Um, uh, yeah, we've got all these files of these muta- mutated children, but um, ov- obviously we can't discuss it. We and you, you can't see them, and there's another FBI agent in there. I don't know who what his, what his name is. He look, kind of looks like Father John Misty, if you know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> but he's there. He's got a big long beard. Oh, I'm he, glad he's getting work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he's there, and he's kind of looking after the files, and he's just there to go. No, you can't touch these files. These are classified. So he leaves, and Skinner's like, "Did you actually have a look?" And because yeah, yeah, I, I took some copies, which is good. And it seems like Skinner's like on on their side um and uh then they go and watch uh security footage of um what what's happened uh the watch of the hospital so they see dr sanjay kind of doubling up and, and screaming and stabbing himself but they also see footage of the janitor guy just milling around in a in a in a room. in a room yeah. and just other weird things that happen so they so keep that in mind but they haven't associated that guy yet with uh, the guy that they saw in their car in the Ford no. <laughs> earlier on. Um, but uh, yeah, then they, uh, Scully uh, then decides they need to go to her hospital um, because they want to meet, uh, oh, no, sorry, to a hospital because they want to meet the doctor that's in charge of these mutated children. They yeah. find his name. Um, and uh, when they go there, uh, before they get to meet this doctor, they meet a girl called Agnes, who is pregnant. And she seems to be acting quite strangely. Um, and she basically wants to escape, and she kind of like asks them for help. And Mulder slips her his card. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. He does that to the girl in the first episode, doesn't he? Yeah, he's always doing that. Yeah, I was, especially the first episode, I thought he was trying to pick her up. And in the... Because he's a bit of a he's a bit of a perv. You, you probably can't tell in in the episodes you've seen so far. Well, I but know he's, that he's a, a perv in real life. In so real life, where and life in, imitates art, yeah, and vice versa. But in X Files, he, he he's a perv. That's interesting. <laughs> I wonder if now, um, as an, like as, as he's much older, yeah, that they'll they're obviously aware of that. Oh, they were aware from the start. I mean, before X Files, he was in the Red Shoe Diaries, which was oh, softcore yeah. kind of porn TV series. Um, and then he did Californication. Californication, yeah. yeah. Um, which kind of uh, about his kind of real life yeah. stuff. Um, but I mean, it, it's, an Ill, it's an illness. Um, so. Yeah. David Duchovny's like personal problem. Yeah. Is, is anyway, it? yeah, he gives her his card, which is of no use and is never seen again. Isn't it? Who? Oh, no, because it's the card found on her body. 
Oh, I don't know. But yeah, is that how they get in contact with them? Oh, maybe. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that makes that's the only reason why their card. The only reason why he would. Yeah, yeah. So he gives them. uh, So he gives her the card, and she kind of like says she's in danger, and uh, they're messing around with her baby inside her. They're gonna take it. Yeah. They're gonna take it. Um, and you kind of find out that the that this kind of ward full of all these pregnant girls is being paid for by the government. So it doesn't really make sense that. It's meant to be a kind of war to help kind of helpless pregnant woman. Um, and why is it being funded by this kind of shady government? Yeah. It's kind of strange. Uh, but it gives uh, it gives uh, the, the two main protagonists a chance to talk about the kid that they had together, which is kind of sketchy. And it was happening in the, the rubbish uh, episodes of Red, of Red, not Red Dwarf, of X-Files towards the end. Um, and uh, yeah, so they had a kid together in a weird weird way called William who might be like partially alien who who um they gave up for adoption basically and they never really talk about it that much but in this episode because there are mutated children um Scully goes do you think William is like that do you think William is potentially yeah so that was an excuse for the new watchers to kind of bring them on board yeah. with the backstory with the backstory yeah um so you think oh okay these guys have a have a connection and it's a child um and but it's also to make the viewers kind of empathize more with them and the situation and the fact you know that these guys are in, really invested in this case because it's personal to them yeah um and uh yeah and then scully has this weird dream it cuts the weird dream sequence which is very unlike x-files and this dream sequence kind of it's kind of the um idyllic situation where you where scully is taking a kid to school and kind of le- and he's playing with friends and stuff but then all of a sudden he gets knocked over and he's he's hurt and then he is in his room and he's making weird noises and scully goes to see him and he's basically turned into an alien um i was not down with the kind of instagram filter on this like <laughs> yeah the, the music was obnoxious oh really yeah and yeah it's like pink purple sky or maybe that's in the Mulder one later but anyway either way possibly both of them it was kind of like a dream dream like but done in the most traditional boring way yeah i, I, I think it was, it was quite a, a misstep in this episode we didn't need it like hit over our heads the fact yeah we know that they they kind of wonder what their kids up to and stuff but we didn't really need i think it was, yeah i think it's a bit of a misstep um but then um goldman uh who is the guy the doc, dr goldman who is the guy that has all these um mutilated kids he he conveniently shows them around his facility i mean he doesn't have to but i guess they're fbi agents so he shows them that's an obamacare joke yeah yeah investigate him for obamacare just in case we weren't (laughs) aware that it was like 2000 it's 2016 yeah yeah. so these kids are we see them kind of one by one and it's a bit like the scene in um signs of the lambs where you walk past yeah. these cells and you see the um, the people inside and these kids are just incredibly mutated one of them is just like a bucket of slime really with a face eating like porridge which i feel it was just an unnecessary extra yeah. there. like he didn't it's like he was it, already i already felt sorry for this kid yeah like never mind that he didn't find his mouth with the <laughs> oh god <laughs> If you've got a kid with with a face that's basically a puddle of, of, of mess, don't give him something sloppy to it. Give him something solid. It might help him. Maybe keep him away from t- like TV. I, I do feel that, that <laughs> scene is, is, is like, are you supposed to admire the makeup 
that makeup and prosthetics or because I'd, all i could think of was like there are children born with these real yeah deformities. and they were like name checking all these deformities just so you know that these could happen in real life but these were the extreme cases yeah of like um um yeah. the same thing as the elephant man had and all various other things it was it was i mean i know we should feel sorry for them but it was pretty disgusting i was he kept saying crouton no crouton syndrome right. not crouton syndrome <laughs> well, they're turning into small small bits of bread <laughs> like, yeah. i'm very worried they may be dropped in the soup <laughs> any time yeah i kept hearing crouton and thinking that's not a real disease that's how croutons are made they just get these uh, kids and they, they chop them up and they just put them into soup they blend it <laughs> <laughs> they say crouton uh, yeah crouton syndrome which is thi- yeah 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 but you know what this girl I know, his boyfriend, I'm sure has got cruise on syndrome and he's not like that. He just gets tired. So maybe he's got like a, a small, smaller version of that. But I'm not going to put any soup around him anytime soon, just in case. Better not. <laughs> Crouton syndrome, brilliant. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so they, they're startled by this and they, and they meet one of the the kind of um, kids in there. Um, I can't remember what his name is, but he... Adam? Maybe? Adam, yeah, which is obviously With the one first eye and a monocle. Man. Yeah, which I thought, is it kind of cool uh but he, he looks the most typically alien like yeah. kind of oval uh, head um small kind of like eyes and um yeah just yeah. the spindly when he waved he had really long fingers yeah. like an alien so it's kind of like explaining to you that Basically done, I think. potentially this kid's got alien dna and potentially yeah. all the all diseases that we have are all mutations are possibly experiments with with um, alien dna yeah, I mean, I had a lot, there's a lot of things. And she questions why they're not... She says there's no reason for them to be in controlled condition. Yeah, and because it's not contagious. It's but not contagious. He argues that to test the medicines, they need to be in a, a, a pure... Yeah, like um, because they don't want any outside forces affecting their studies. Because, yeah, it, it could help people in the future, I guess. And after they see Adam... Uh, we oh, see, there's a disturbance. There's a disturbance. And we see a, a girl kind of trying to fight to get out. And this girl seems to be moving things with her mind so there's a trolley of things in the corridor where they are um, and, f- and, and this without touching it she's making things fly in the air all over the place and and Mulder and Scully are just like la 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 and, and the, the guy just doesn't say anything he's just like you better leave yeah and you, they're like yeah yeah okay yeah and then they kind of turn around and go yeah do you, you, they say something else and they go yeah you saw that right yeah i saw that but still they don't like don't like like go back and say hang on this girl's moving things with her mind I you're you're the only two people in the x-files and you're just like yeah whatever well i figured it's because they just saw that on a daily basis perhaps that it, not that we don't really need to, like, they've never had proper they've never had proper physical proof that anyone could do anything like that so the fact right in front of them is a girl that right can there. can move things around with her mind and they just just turn away and can we just say the, the girl, the troubled young woman, is, of course, a slim, waifish brunette. All of the girls long, in this are slim, waifish brunettes. With, like, long, raggly hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. White, spindly limbs. Of course, because how else would you convey a mental illness? Yeah, exactly. Um, then, then just casting Zoe Deschanel-like <laughs> girls. Um, Teenage Zoe. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so um, they kind of uh, realise something's up with, with these people. Um, and uh, then they find out that Agnes is the girl they met in the in uh, the previous hospital, Our Lady of Sorrows. Um, they they find out that she died. She got hit by a car. It's hit and run. And not only that, when they get to the scene, they found out that the baby had been removed from her, surgically removed. Yeah, um, that's right. So they kind of posit that, that this was probably the government trying to hide the fact 
that they were experimenting on the baby because in a proper autopsy you'd be able to tell that. So they took away the baby to um, prevent anyone finding out. It could be alive, and yeah, because we find out later on, babies can possibly survive that. But like like Jenny, you were saying, like there's a lot of death by cars or like car related incidents in X Files. Well, just in the first two episodes, I mean, it seems a very convenient way to get rid of someone. Yeah, people keep being, be it via moose. Yeah, be it via hit and run or like aliens hovering over your cars or yeah. Yeah, it just like seems like how could we get rid of this woman or three women as well? Oof. Yeah. A lot going on there. Exactly, yeah. Easiest way to get rid of a woman. Yeah, buy a car and, and take wow. a baby. Yeah, that's it. That's um, it. <laughs> so yeah, so it's a kind of a disgusting disgusting scene. Um, but then they kind of uh, want to know more about um, uh, Dr. Goldman. So they go and see his wife. Yeah, his um, former wife, yeah. His former wife. And his former wife is in a, what looks like a mental institution. This is a very hospital-based episode. They go to another kind of hospital facility, um, and it's kind—I think it's for mental patients. Um, and she's in there, and slash prison. Yeah, because do you think she's in there for murdering her son? Apparently, yeah. Whose body was never found. Never found. Yes, I don't know how they—they, they, I don't really understand how they—they—they they, they got her for that crime if the body was never found. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's in there, and she explains to them that the reasons why she did things, and she it was a whole backstory of they had a daughter together who, I think her name was Holly, who. Uh, she thinks he experimented on her so uh, there was one time where she the daughter f- was missing and she looked in the pool and she was at the bottom of the pool and she'd been there for 10 minutes and she was smiling and laughing a great time she's yeah she's breathing in the water yeah um, um we haven't mentioned the the best animal cameo oh yeah 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 that was great yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, you can you can explain this bit okay so she refuses to speak um <laughs> scully says Mulder, we've been here for 10 minutes she's not going to say anything <laughs> A little slinky cat appears in the corner of the screen. On his belly, like, kind just, of. Like, just doing cat things. You know the way cats like slink into the <laughs> yeah. in a kind of suspicious manner? She just grabs an apple and throws it <laughs> throws at a cat. Throws an apple at a cat. let's not lie, we've all been tempted to do. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Cats are annoying. But like, Anyway, and that seems to wake her out of her reverie and then she'll happily spill the story of her ex-husband. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I, don't, I was trying to think, what does the cat represent? Is it, is it a film? reference like, yeah, i don't know i, I was thinking know. maybe um because in, in in the matrix there's a whole cat thing as well but then the yeah, apple that's tenuous um, anyway that seems to shake her out of her studio. yeah she's like oh yeah where, so where like, was so i my husband yeah so here's my yeah. life story yeah so that so obviously um she had problems with um she thought her daughter was kind of cursed or, or not cursed her daughter was had half been. alien or was experimented on yeah, and then it. then he eventually took the daughter away from her um i guess to like well, I guess maybe she'd voiced her suspicions. We're not quite sure, but because then she has to escape him with her unborn. Yeah, because she's got a nine month yeah. in, inside her. Mm. And yeah, so she escapes via car and uh, she doesn't get very far because she's a woman driver. Because, and then she hits a moose. <laughs> she hits a moose. Classic woman moose. Is the implication that that moose was put there by the government? I don't know. If her baby then. I was trying to think, was this planted there? Was it, it looks like it was just like bad driving. Okay, but she was found very quickly by someone because we yeah. see her performing a self-cesarean. Self-cesarean with... Did she, oh, she had a knife on her. The knife she used to slash her husband yeah. in her escape. Yeah. She still kept it on her just in case. And she slices through her stomach. Obviously a classic horror trope. Yeah, it isn't quite a lot of... Uh, From everything, Rosemary's Baby, Rosemary baby Prometheus... Um, like yeah in the french film inside that i was telling you about um and yeah so she has to end out out kind of we see like the hand of a baby kind of crawl out yeah 
and then the baby disappears the baby disappears so we kind of under the belief that the baby possibly survived and it's obviously not can't be human because human babies can't do that and also how did she survive because you rip yourself open like that you're dead you're dead within a couple of minutes you're right so so actually maybe the moose wasn't put there by the government the baby simply got up and walked off oh yeah you were like but the umbilical cord who yeah (laughs) i'm just thinking anyway yeah she probably cut the umbilical cord didn't she but like i mean don't forget she was in a car crash she was badly down she probably had concussion yet she still found it in herself just to rip herself open but i guess she was really wanted to protect the baby yeah and the baby wanted to get out Yeah. Yeah. yeah wow which as we then later know he can read minds yeah 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 the baby is kind of can communicate yeah and this baby comes into play later on because he grows up to be someone Mm. um and yeah it's it's, i mean it's a lot of backstory but i think it kind of it tells you all you need to know about dr goldman that he's he's not really the nicest guy in the world and he is experimenting even on his own own children yeah um so um, they kind of figure out uh, Mulder and Scully by talking to a janitor in um, another hospital that um, the only kind of janitor service that goes around Washington, I guess, is um, is A1 janitorial services. <laughs> well, you remember the name. Yeah, is that what it's called? Um, and they are, um, and then he kind of remembers those little snippets of seeing a janitor elsewhere, especially in that video Um when uh, Sanjay died yeah. so um, they're kind of making the connection that something's up here so they go to the uh, Janice's house they find it through the agency um, and the then uh, Janice's house out comes the janitor's mum and she's like go away leave my leave my son alone he doesn't do anything please leave him alone and they're like oh well something's up here and then she says uh, something like bad things happen when the birds gather oh yeah because the birds yeah so every time every time uh, yeah this like loud kind of like high-pitched sound happens that kind of incapacitates people and drives them to kill themselves birds gather because they're attracted to this kind of sound and this is kind of reminiscent of um uh bird, the birdemic franchise which i'm involved with it's clearly a reference <laughs> yeah. to your franchise, it's clearly Jay. a reference well weird yeah well we're, there's quite a few references actually not a reference to hitchcock's the birds <laughs> well i don't know if uh the birds was uh, based on birdemic or not i'm not 100 percent sure if hitchcock had that in mind <laughs> but yeah so the, all, i mean birds are kind of used um in a lot of horror um that's come out recently actually when something weird's going to happen, birds turn up and they throw themselves into windows and stuff. Um, yeah, it's gothic, gothic literature as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, the raven so and stuff that, like that. So we know bad things are going to happen. Birds are bad, especially ravens and crows and uh, especially things. Especially bad CGI birds. Yeah, do you know what? It wasn't great. I mean, <laughs> I can't when speak. When she runs. Yeah, it, well, through the birds. Scully to, runs through the birds to try and find the, the, the boy. boy. Because the boy is currently making Mulder He's incapacitated. Incapacitated. Yeah. And, uh, oh, I'm not sure about that. I, I have <laughs> yeah. a lot of problems with the CGI in this program. I'm not sure what the budgets were. Well, they, they probably, I mean, it was, yeah, it's not Netflix money, is it? It's, no. um, they wish they had Netflix money. But no, I think it's still pretty good. I mean, in the next episode, there's some pretty shaky CGI, which we'll come on to. Um, but yeah, so um, Scully finds the kid and they, and they kind of um, bring him to justice. Just take him away. Which, because apparently, even though he's a minor... Yeah. And his mum's like, no, stop. Well, yeah, but please don't, don't take him away. <laughs> oh, you did. She's like, for yeah. relief. <laughs> yeah. Because he's that's not a my own. monster. Yeah. Um, so he, um, <laughs> so he's in the back of uh, the um, their car. And they're Ford, Jed. They're Ford. I'm, I'm forgetting. <laughs> this is sponsored by Ford. And uh, he and Mulder says, is, is your mum right? Is it um, that you aren't aware of the things you do? Is that what she says? Yeah. And 
and he, he was like, a, I can't remember what the answer he gave us, but he kind of like brushes off that, that he really needs to find his sister, Molly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so they say, oh, well, we know someone who might be able to help. Um, so they bring him to like basically the bad guy. They bring him to Dr. Goldman yeah. to check him father. out. Yeah. His father. And, um, and I think they knew, I don't know if Goldman knew at this, at this time, be, well, before he, he was examining him, that he was his father. Do oh, you no, think maybe he, not. No, he would. Well, well, no, you're right. How if he's never had his hands on him? Yeah, how yeah, would he? yeah. You're right. Well, yeah. Well, I think after he, so they were uh, the Dr. Goldman's examining uh, the um, Kyle. He's a kid's name, yeah. uh, the janitor's name, and takes some blood. And we see a close up of Mulder kind of looking at the blood and kind of like thinking, hmm, "I'm gonna get that later." Um, and uh, then the kid mentions that he needs to wants to find his uh, Molly. And um, Dr. Goodman says, "Where did he find out that name?" And it kind of enables uh, the the narrative to kind of like take them to where all the all the crazy kids are again and um he's introduced to a girl who is a like a zoe de chanel light another another one pale slim brunette pale slim brunette with with the fringe with like big eyes yeah hi what's your name um and then he kind of figures out quite quickly yeah that because he's got like, mind powers, that she is not his sister, and they've Again, tricked him. I'm not sure why would Doctor Goldman just trying to fob him off? Yeah, or why even say in the first place, yeah. "I'll take you to Molly." Just don't say anything at all. I'd just be like, "Don't know her, Molly." Yeah, just go. I'll get back to you soon with your tests. Um, I'll see you later. Yeah, bye. But he takes her, uh, uh, and then uh, because he's in the same kind of building as um, Molly, he kind of runs away, goes on a rampage trying to find her, and finds a girl conveniently at the very end of a corridor with a window. Um, and Caesar instantly recognises her mm-hmm. as um, Molly. And he puts his hands on the glass and says to Molly, now's our time or whatever he says. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah are you ready? And like, she seems to, because she's obviously psychic as well, she can move things. Um, she knows what to do. So they put their hands on the glass and the glass smashes, which I don't think is a very, a very uh, kind of sci-fi thing to do because you could probably just like punch it and it'll smash, no? Well, so is it we? He uses the force of his mind, or the two of them together, yeah. and, and we get to have like a, a great shot of all the glass in the corridor smashing, yeah. rather than just that one. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, it's, it's That's not where a lot of the budget went. Yeah, but they can't. Con- it means they can't control oh, it. Yeah. Have, have you seen Scanners? The film Scanners. Yes. Where they sometimes can't oh, control who true, you're. Yeah. And because they're got teenagers, like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they maybe yeah. haven't matured into it yet. Um, so, yeah, so Dr. Goldman comes running down the corridor saying, no, leave her alone. And and she's like, daddy, no. Um, and so, obviously, Kyle knows from that point that Dr. Goodman's his oh, dad, dad yeah. because, like, she, she name-checks him. Um, but he decides to stop him in his tracks and because to get kind of revenge on him for, like, keeping his sister away from him for so long, he makes blood come out of his ears nose and eyes yeah he just decides to do that well yeah because you can do it's that's actually based in facts um you can actually do that with um certain sound frequencies with infrasonic sound um it makes your um can make your eardrums vibrate and and smash but also um if you get a certain frequency like a very low frequency i think it's between 10 and 15 hertz it affects your retina it makes your retina vibrate and that's why they think in like old buildings like churches and stuff um you can see ghosts because it's the sound frequency from like old buildings and old pipes at that frequency making your retinas kind of vibrate and you're seeing things in the corner of your eye so that's the kind of explanation for all ghosts. Oh my goodness, you should be writing the X Files as yeah, well. Yeah, I should, you should do. Be on the writers team. Yeah, though actually, the third episode of X Files, which we'll talk about next week, 
is too good for me it's i, I think it's a, such a brilliant like, episode oh well to be fair that one was better than what i could do it is it is yeah, it's better than it's just a great episode uh but this one yeah i could totally smash this one it's the guy's bleeding from his eyeballs his ears his nose. pouring out yeah um Mulder and, is gully incapacitated yeah Guns they've just been thrown away yeah exactly yep, yep. um and then they kind of uh just a escape together which is i guess is a kind of a sweet story brother and sister kind of escaping together yeah um but Mulder, he does have some proof though that it all happened because he's kept a vial of oh, kyle's blood which is one of the first ever bits of evidence he has that the next file exists um and he's always trying to like find physical proof but now he actually has besides in the first episode where they have a vial of alien well scully's blood's alien so her dna's yeah. alien so he could have just got her blood really um, but yeah, I think it's um, uh, quite good that Mulder has the foresight to kind of, even though this crazy stuff happening, to actually remember to take that, take that blood before the police does anyway. Um, and yeah, so it kind of it ends with Mulder having a dream about him and William and William, and they're watching 2001 A Space Odyssey, and he's explaining the monolith and, um, what's a mama myth, dad? <laughs> Oh my god, punch your child. Yeah, and then they kind of have this kind of saccharine scene where they're like flying rockets together and they... He's going to go into space one day. Yeah. Could that be... Is that because he's an alien? Is he going to return home back to his home base on Jupiter or something? Um, And then that's kind of how it ends. Well, he's abducted. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. The very last bit is um, Mulder running into the room uh, where he sees his son being abducted in the exact same way as his sister was abducted, right, yeah. um, kind of lifting off the bed and then disappearing. That's kind of what happened. Oh, I wouldn't have. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, so I think I guess that was a nice touch, but I, I still think the, the dream sequences, especially Scully's one, very, very unnecessary. Um, but overall, I thought it was a really, really good episode. Um, I enjoyed it quite a lot. Well, what's the, as a newcomer to the to, to, to the X Files, what was your opinion on the first two episodes? Okay, so I think this episode worked better for me because it was a single case, okay. seen through from start to finish. Whereas in the first episode, I thought, oh, is the whole series just going to be about them against the government? Yeah, I didn't. It didn't occur to me that it would be like no. It's like a series of cases in which they can build up evidence, perhaps yeah. something like that. See, they're they're called. Oh, I'll come out to come out to it in a second. They're called mythology episodes. It's stuff that when it's about aliens and kind of the overall arc of Mulder trying to find his sister and all that stuff. That's called mythology episodes, and they they make up about half of all the episodes. Then every then every other episode is a monster of the week episode where yeah. it's a standalone case, which I'm much more. I, I prefer them. Yeah, I'm much more into the kind of monster of the week. And do you know what? I just, as a big Buffy fan, yeah. I mean, I'm a, like, I guess Buffy would have been influenced by X Files because it came later. Buffy to the monster of the week thing yeah. from X Files. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But also with a overreaching arc of like how the characters develop together yeah et we should do a buffy podcast uh yeah <laughs> you're should. not a huge buffy fan are you what, what are you talking about of course i am what i love buffy i thought you didn't like it i love buffy and i love angel as well yeah, so do i <laughs> we could do an angel podcast because no one ever talks about angel <laughs> that's true we'd be the only one but i don't think anyone would listen <laughs> there's a few david boreanaz fans out there uh, somewhere they really messed up with it we'll get back on the anyway, in a second sorry no no but like do you know they really messed up with with, with angel because uh, when um, when uh, Buffy ended, all th- all their audience went over to Angel, so they had one really big kind of season, and then um, they thought they were they were like hot shots, and, and so they kind of like wanted the season to be re- renewed of Angel like straight away. They were like uh, to the to the channel, 
we need to renew look how popular angel is renew it for another series we need an answer now and they were like well we can't give you an answer now and they went well we want an answer now or, or you're not getting another series um so because uh the makers of the program threatened the the, the channel yeah it, this the, the next episode uh, season of angel didn't happen yeah so that's why it only lasts for one series after buffy yeah because oh, because they could, of they that like yeah because they tried to they called the, the bluff was called basically oh. otherwise it would probably still be going yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't as good as Buffy. They both, the last couple of series of Buffy were just weird. I didn't like they her. Were. I didn't like her army guy boyfriend type thing. Riley, I didn't like all that good stuff. Lord no! But nobody liked Riley. That's yeah. Fair. Anyway, let's get back to it. Yeah. Um, I think there were. There's a lot of like the plot, like creaking along to get characters into certain places. Did you say creaking because this bench the one's creaking? <laughs> yeah. Like, we're on a picnic bunch, uh, <laughs> a picnic bench in, in my office. Which um, I thought would be cool, and it kind of is. Turns out it's quite creaky. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the plot kind of labours along to get people in the right place at the right time to discover the next portion of the narrative. Yeah. But that, hey, that's everything from like Lost, yeah. you know, for onwards. But um, by the second episode, I was significantly invested in it to want to continue. And as everyone ever has said, I really like the central relationship between Mulder and Scarlett. I think it's, I think it's brilliant. And... Um, it's good that you are investing in them now because um, it. Uh, I think it takes a while to kind of... W- if you watch it from series one, they're quite cold to each other for like quite a lot of it. And it, and I find um, Dana Scully, Gillian Anderson, quite annoying because obviously these weird things are happening and yet she's like, she's never there to see it. And you just think, Scully, just open your eyes. And he's really angry. But then after stuff starts happening all the time, especially to her, she kind of softens and they're kind of they get into a nice groove where they're kind of both on the same team yeah. rather than p- trying to fight each other all she's the time. She's very arch yeah. and she's very smart and I like that. And it's all it's all played very tongue-in-cheek. And it was the original series so meta? No, no, because me- meta stuff never really existed back then. The only thing that was kind of meta <laughs> about... These modern names existed since the 60s, but... Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, the only kind of like meta stuff about the um, the first kind of run of the X-Files is maybe from about season two and three, the writers and the makers started uh, kind of pandering to, f- to the fans. So they, they started mm. inserting like um, inside jokes that only fans would know about in, into episodes, yeah. which... They were one of the first first TV shows to do it, so it wasn't kind of like, oh god, they're not doing this, are they? It was kind of normal. Um, sorry, it was it was kind of like unusual and 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 interesting. But I mean, they've they still do it in 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 this new miniseries. There is a lot of fans of you. Probably didn't pick up on a lot of like the kind of nods to the past. Of course you, not. No, I yeah. didn't. But I think that's the the series has to work. For, um, for new viewers, both too. levels, yeah. And I think it, I think it does. By the time we've got to the end of the sep- ep- second episode, yeah, I think people are kind of should be intrigued. I mean, this episode had a lot more things to talk about than the previous episode. The first episode, I mean, it had the kind of the, the ship that kind of can disappear and stuff. But in this episode, it had mutants and uh, and those kind of like images kind of really burn themselves into your mind. Yeah. That slime guy is. She's still thinking about that yogurt. It's that like he was a, trying to eat. yeah. Oh, it's like a garbage pail kid. It yeah, was, uh, that was that was some good prosthetics. It, I was just, uh, yeah. How did they do that? Was that like a puppet or something? I just they just put a kid, like a four-year-old. Yeah, it's just a real kid. Suit. Right, you've got crouton syndrome. Be a, <laughs> pretend you're a bit of bread floating on some and, soup. Try and eat this yeah. porridge. Go on, try. <laughs> oh man, that was a kid inside crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
um but yeah but over, overall do you with if you watch this episode actually um the, this is one of the first times you've watched x-files does this kind of propel you to want to watch the rest of the thing rest of the episodes or do you think this is kind of what do you think it's not for you if you'd never seen the previous series and i'm not forcing you to watch the other episodes i'd say that this series seems like for me but i'm not intrigued enough to want to go back and watch okay the from the past. because we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it on the next episode because the next episode is so interesting um i can talk about other similar episodes in the past where which this not only refers to but kind of continues on from well there you go you can do recommendations for people to dip in and out yeah perhaps. yeah there are these episodes i'm sure x-files fans know very full well because there are about i mean x-files is brilliant but there are about five or six episodes written by just a couple of writers that stand out the best not only the best episodes of, of x-files but the best episodes of tv that's ever been shown i think um and we'll talk about that on the next episode because the next episode is 100 times better so um yeah so thanks very much for listening to the podcast do you have anything else to say about this particular episode no i'm I'm good thank you um and yeah jenny will join us for the next episode too and uh we where can we find you on the internet jenny if we want to find out more about you and and stuff you Um, do my twitter handle is jenny bomb yeah j-e-n-n-i-b-o-m-b yeah and i mostly tweet about french new wave and Beyonce videos. <laughs> That's true. And maybe in the next episode we can ask about what kind of stuff you do as well. Because for some reason I never asked you in this one. I'm so rude. I'm such a bad host. <laughs> it's fine. It's not very important. <laughs> um, but yeah, thanks very much. You can find me um, at Jed Shepherd on Twitter. J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. Same on Instagram. Check out my uh, record label, postpoprecords.com. My other podcast is called Smegheads. Just type that into... Um, iTunes or type in Red Dwarf and you'll find it too and yeah thanks very much for listening Uh, tell everyone about it and uh, would it be cheated to say the truth is out there at the end (laughs) well it's shoehorned into every episode of the X-Files that's true well if you say it then uh, then I can't feel cringe about it (laughs) the truth is out there see you guys next week bye and now as as we did last week I'm going to leave you with uh another 10 minutes of the interview i had with david lieberhart from tim and eric awesome show great job uh, last week we spoke about um, how he got abducted what happened to him after he got abducted and the aliens that he's met and he taught us a little bit about the alien language salome everybody um, so this week um because they, i know a lot of people from the tim and eric subreddit will be uh, listening because uh, you guys listened to it last week um I'm gonna, I've made him talk about Tim and Eric quite a bit. So he's going to talk about Tim and Eric, John C. Riley, and Zach Galifianakis and how they've helped him to deal with being a survivor. Um, because that's what he is. He got abducted by aliens, guys. And uh, don't laugh about it. It's a serious business. Um, and I'll be speaking to him every week about his adventures as a alien abduct- abductee. Yeah, you, you mentioned Tim and Eric. So, how, how's your experience been with with Tim and Eric? What's oh, how has it changed Eric. your life? Okay, I love Tim and Eric. They're like the sons I never have. They're funny comedians. They're very talented, brilliant men, and I'm grateful they gave me a chance to be on their show. Do you, Do you like their comedy? I, I, I wouldn't have them. Oh, their comedy's cool. I wouldn't <laughs> be, have the success if it wasn't for Tim and Eric. Um, do you have any other projects lined up with them? Well, I'm supposed to do Checking Out with Dr. Steve Rule, season um, Three? four with four? them. I'm supposed to play Carol Kraft's husband on it and, and John C. Riley's next door neighbor. And that's <laughs> supposed to be coming up when I come back from this huge uh, monster of a concert. 
Yeah. So you've worked with John C. Riley and Zach Galifianakis. Um, that, that's Zach, that, that, they're great. Because Zach Galifianakis was supposed to have his own show called Bulls and Latinos, the Clark Rankers, who was a Catholic. It was a Catholic record down here, but it never came to be. Wow. Also, uh, the talent, the talented uh, Neil Hamburger had a game show that Jim and Eric produced, but it never came to be. He only did one episode. He's a very... I remember that was being made, yeah. Um, I kind of know uh, Neil Hamburger's wife. Um, and, uh, yeah. Well, he's, originally, he's originally from... Um, um, uh, uh, his wife is originally... Both Australia. Of, uh, British and originally, and from Australia. So, yeah. uh, you know, Neil Hamburger used to call me to do stand-up comedy with him at Space World and... and uh, and Silver Lake, he doesn't call me to do stand-up comedy. He's now doing a lot of stand-up comedy and work with um, Tim Heidecker. He also does yeah, he has that cinema show, yeah. Okay. And he was an Ant-Man as well. He was in that big film Ant-Man. Um, yeah, he's got a big movie coming out. I wish him more success. 